The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Is it possible to be eternally saved before we have eternal security? And what is the biblical doctrine that is called eschatology? We will have these answers for you coming right up on Grace in Focus. Thank you for joining us today. This is the Grace Evangelical Society's podcast and broadcast ministry, and we come to you daily, Monday through Friday. Learn more about us at faithalone.org. We have an online seminary offering an MDiv degree. It's time now for application and registration if you want to be a part of the spring semester starting in February. Find out more at faithalone.org or gesseminary.org. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Philippe Sterling. Welcome back, y'all. I'm here again with Philippe Sterling. And Philippe, I believe you have a question from a Christian named Christian. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. From Christian. Hello. Is the moment of faith when we are given eternal life different from the moment when we gain the belief of eternal security? Yeah, that's a really good question. And my answer would be yes and no. Yes, in the sense that When we believe in Jesus, we must believe that we are receiving the life, the salvation that he guarantees, which is irrevocable life. It's irrevocable salvation. John 3.16, whoever believes in him will never perish, but has everlasting life. And if you read through John's gospel, it's never hunger, never thirst, never die, never perish, never be cast out. All these nevers. And they're all guaranteed. So in the one hand, yes, the moment at which you believe in Jesus for your irrevocable salvation is the moment you believe in eternal security. But on the other hand, no, you may not ever have heard the expression eternal security. And it may not be obvious to you what that means. Yes. So the focus is believing the promise of everlasting life. And by definition, that is irrevocable. It is everlasting So we believe the promise of everlasting life, which is, by definition, everlasting, irrevocable. It never ends. But at the same time, as we grow as believers, we begin to study theology and the different affirmations specifically that are used in theology and which are developed, in fact, by students of the scriptures, you know, over time. And one of them is the particular affirmation of eternal security. Now, we do mean by that, you know, believing for everlasting life, that is irrevocable. But that particular, you know, once saved, always saved, or eternal security is a theological affirmation that we learn. Yeah, now let me point out kind of another pet peeve I have. I think on the last show I mentioned a pet peeve. On this one, there are people who actually believe in a hypothetical eternal security, but they don't actually believe in biblical eternal security. And let me explain what I mean. Many people, most people within Calvinism, affirm belief in eternal security, right? They say eternal security is true. Yes, but it's... But who's eternally secure? It's from God's perspective, he knows who's eternally secure, but from the perspective of the individual itself, you know, Calvinism right. is not that so, conviction, in essence. Right. For them, the eternally secure person is the person who perseveres in faith and good works, right? Because the fifth point of Calvinism, 
the pea and tulip. Steele, Thomas, and Quinn, in the second edition of their book, The Five Points of Calvinism, when they get to the fifth point, they say, in our first edition, we spoke of the preservation of the saints. But we really should have spoken about both the preservation and the perseverance of the saints. In essence, there are six points, T-U-L-I-P-P. Preservation is eternal security. Perseverance is the people who are eternally secure are those who persevere. And there are even modern Calvinists, a lot of them now, who will say, you have initial salvation at the moment of faith, but you don't get final salvation until you persevere in faith and good works at death. And so in this view, you're really not eternally secure until you die in faith and good works. And that's not biblical eternal security. Right. It's it's more coming to the end and showing that you were among the elect, but it's not simply having ever believed the promise of everlasting life. Yeah, and you raised another worm there with, with the elect, because in my view, election in the Bible is to service, it's not to eternal right. destiny. Yeah. But Calvinism has this view that there is this election to everlasting life, and, of course, they don't think Jesus died for everybody. He only died for the quote-unquote elect. And so the whole system is kind of messed up. But my point about eternal security is this. A person can affirm belief in eternal security. I believe that. They can affirm belief in once saved, always saved. I believe that. And then when asked, are you eternally secure? Oh, I don't know. Why not? Well, because I don't know if I'm going to persevere. Well, where is that in John 3.16? Where is that in John 5, 24? Where is it when Jesus said in Luke 10, 20, rejoice that your names are written in heaven? I mean, it's not there. There is no perseverance required to retain everlasting life. After all, as one of our professors, Dr. Ryrie, liked to say, if everlasting life could be lost, then it's got the wrong name. Yes. <laughs> it's coming. It'll be here before you know it. What am I talking about? The Grace Evangelical Society's National Conference 2024. It will take place May the 20th through the 23rd at Camp Copus, an absolutely beautiful campground in North Texas, right on the lake with lots of recreation, great food, a great place to stay, wonderful fellowship, and wonderful free grace Bible teaching. It is time to start planning and getting registered for the National Conference 2024, May the 20th through the 23rd. Hope to see you there. All right, well, very good. Do you have another question there, Philippe? Yes, this is a question from Christine. According to the Old Testament, eschatology means the manifestation of God in the midst of Israel as a judge of both Israel and other nations. Discuss. Yeah, now, I think Christine, I remember reading this, when she's from another country, and English isn't her first language, so you can tell as you read this. And, of course, you grew up in Haiti where, what was it, Creole was your uh, first language? French, French and Creole. French and Creole. So you, and, you're familiar, but in her case, it's a little hard to follow what she's saying. But, right, but I kind of stumbled through the question, so let me... See if you can summarize uh, it. Summarize it. I think what she's trying to say, that eschatology basically deals with God as both the judge of Israel and 
the nations and the other nations. Of course, we can define eschatology as simply the study of things to come. Right, because the Greek word eschatos means last or last days. So, yeah, I really think Christine is on to something here, even though maybe her English isn't her first language. From a dispensational standpoint, all of eschatology centers around Israel and the church and the nations. So you've got those three groups. We're in a distinct time now where the people of God who are born again are all part of the church. But there's been a time in the past and there will be a time in the future when Jews who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are part of redeemed Israel. And there has been a time in the past and there will be a time in the future when Gentiles who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are part of the nations. And we know from like Revelation twenty one twenty four that the nations will bring their tribute to Jesus in the new Jerusalem. So the church will be on the new earth, the nations will be on the new earth, and Israel will be in the new Jerusalem on the new earth. And, of course, Jesus is the judge. Didn't Christine mention something about judgment? Yeah, the judge of both Israel and the nations. Of course, as we deal with the end times, the scriptures, prophetic scriptures, deal specifically with the tribulation period, where God once again is specifically dealing with Israel and the nations, and ultimately leading into the kingdom age when Jesus Christ returns and all Israel at that time, at the end of the tribulation, believing in him. Right. And then the judgment of the sheep and the goats. Matthew uh, 25, uh, 31 to 46. Right. The judgment of those from the nations, you know, at the time. So the sheep are the believing Gentiles. The goats are the unbelieving Gentiles. But at that judgment, he talks about the least of these, my brethren. So there are Jewish believers present. As well, yes. But no church people present because we... Actually, at this point, it's quite probable that the church is there as witnesses, but he doesn't mention us because this is after the tribulation before the millennium. And so we're not exactly sure if he's got us there as witnesses, but it would make the most sense that wherever the Lord is, we're there. Yes. So the scriptures in dealing with the matter of the study of the end times does focus on ultimately Jesus coming as judge of Israel as a nation, and its reinstatement, basically, in the kingdom to fully fulfill its call, along with the other nations, the sheep that do enter into and form the nations of the kingdom period. And ultimately, the new heaven, the new earth as well in Revelation. Yeah, I like that. And I think she's hit three key elements. We've got Israel, we've got the nations. Now, she hasn't mentioned the church. That's something she's left out. And she mentions judgment. She hasn't specified the kinds of judgments. Kinds of judgment. uh, judgment in time, the temporal judgments, and not. Okay, so what's the, by temporal judgments? You mean things like God's chastisement? Yes, God's chastisement of Israel as a nation. You know, through the millennials now, and specifically in the tribulation period, judging them and preparing for a group of them who all will believe in Him, and at the same time shedding forth His temporal wrath upon the nations of the world during that tribulation period. And even now, of course, the chastisement of God falls upon both believers and unbelievers. Although if it's a disciplining chastisement, that's only for the believer. 
But the wrath of God, Romans 1, is poured out against all. all. On all humanity, on all mankind, and on the nations of the world, uh, whether, you know, it's dealing with Nineveh, you know, as in the book of Nahum, you know, specifically, and in the case of Jonah earlier, 150 years, he does judge the nations. Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah in accordance with... Apparently, there's a time where a particular nation's sin is so much that he does... When it's filled up, up. like the Canaanites. Yeah, the Amorites, the sin of the Amorites. Well, let's finish with a quick summary of the judgments. We have the judgment of the sheep and the goats, which is before the millennium. We also have the judgment of all Christians called the judgment seat of Christ before the millennium to determine our eternal rewards. And then there's the judgment of all the unbelieving people who have died. Revelation 20, 11 to 15. Yeah, the great white throne judgment. Right. The unbelieving dead of all time. And the Lord Jesus is the judge at all of these. Yeah. Because yeah, remember, all judgment has been given to him. I think John 5, 24. Yeah, he says that the Father has given him all, all of that. So a good question, Christine, and keep those questions coming. And in the meantime, keep grace. Grace in focus. Be sure to check out our daily blogs at faithalone.org. They are short and full of great teaching, just like what you've heard today. Find them at faithalone.org slash resources slash blog. We would like to thank all of our financial partners who help us keep this show going. All gifts are tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can be a financial partner, visit us at faithalone.org. On our next episode, what is sin and where does it come from? Where does the conviction of sin come from? Please join us. Until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.